So, wait, what did that mean? How can I really use that? <laughs> so what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, I'm just trying to understand. But how do I do that every day? So what does that even mean? Well, hi! Welcome back! Welcome to this week's episode of the Family Room Conversation. It's season two. I'm Zach. And I'm Gary, and we're glad to be back on uh, to be seen. Right, right. Um, welcome to season two. We're gonna. We've had a couple false starts here at the beginning of the, the uh, summer with VBX, the uh, SBC convention. Right, right? a yeah. couple different things. Lots of things happening. Um, but we have, at least on the podcast side, we've missed some some big things. We're starting a new sermon series. Right. The um, Unshakable faith. Talking about faith, Hebrews chapter 11, and just examining uh, how faith to be unshakable in times like what we just went through. Yeah. Yep. I love I love Hebrews, and so I'm so excited to dive into some of those sermons. We've got plenty of great things to talk about about sure. this past week's sermon. Um, but I want to take a second right now to just remind you guys, or let you know, uh, this is season two. We're doing some new things. We're going to do some new um, kind of Every week, we'll talk about some new things. We have a couple new patterns we want to get in. But I've got some new ideas, additionally, about people to bring in, guests to bring in on the podcast. If we want to talk about worship, let's get Greg in here and talk sure. about worship. Um, if we want to talk about, I don't know, things that the Next Gen Ministry is doing, let's get Josh in here Josh again. and Lori both can give some good insight That'd be as well. wonderful. Sure. So. Sure. I've got ideas, but I would love your ideas. So, again, this stuff works when you guys participate. So, if you like this, leave us a comment. Leave us a like, because I'm going to assume that you don't like it. If you don't, (laughs) Um, no, but uh, all kidding aside, we really do love having you guys' participation in this, and that's what this is all about. So, if you think, oh, somebody else is going to participate, somebody else will leave a like, somebody else will leave a comment, they won't. You have to do it. (laughs) Um, And we are looking forward to having that communication, having that community really with you. Right. Unshakable faith, right? We talked about, I kind of thought we talked about justice this week. That seemed to be kind of the theme of, of the sermon, God's, God's perfect justice and the good and bad sides about that. Not well, bad, but... It, I mean, the Hebrew language honestly conveys something that's a theme of the Bible, and it goes essentially that God assesses a situation and realizes the debt is so big it can't be repaid, like an accountant. And he comes in a sense, kind of call the debt, it's like repossession. And so God gave mankind the ability to, to uh, you know, lead the world. Um, you made it, we're made it as image and likeness to steward, to be stewards of creation. We mess it up. God said, I'm kind of calling the debt. And uh, we get the floods of Noah. And like I pointed though, he did the same thing in the New Testament. And Jesus, when he makes a statement, it is finished and died on the cross. In that moment, the debt was paid in full, but not by people, but by God's Son. And that was the remarkable moment where then he can look at us and say, I offer you everlasting life, free, cost him everything, and free to us. It's a gift. That's the amazing part. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. I love how God uses that language. You know, he comes, he meets people where they are. And there's, sure. there's all kinds of of shepherd language. There's all kinds of tax language. There's all kinds of... Uh, Blue collar language. Yeah, just common everyday. In fact, the Greek language that that was used by the New Testament is just common everyday, every you know, just normal people language. Right. Yeah. Um, so I really loved this week's uh, sermon, and I noticed a handful of things. And I just maybe this is not the most important question I'll ask today, um, but I did notice. Noah seemed, for me, for the first time today, I noticed that Noah seemed to serve kind of the prophet's mm-hmm. role, right? Sure, sure. Um, did, did you notice that? That, that Noah seems 
Um, I've just never, never really thought about this because we never talk about Noah being the first prophet. We talk about Abraham being the first prophet. And by all accounts, he was. But Noah seems kind of parallel to that before any of those things ever happened. Uh, well, I would say Noah was prophetic in his role that he heard God. He did as God spoke. Uh, and then at the end of his, you know, we didn't cover this on Sunday, but in, in the end, he actually was responsible for the Noah Covenant, where God promised, I'll never flood the world again. So very much uh, a precursor for Abraham and Elijah and Elisha and all the other prophets yeah. who came along. Um, yeah, very, very much had that role in all that he did. Prophesying to the known world at that time as he built the boat in that 50 to 75 year time frame. Obviously, they all didn't pay any attention. Right. But nonetheless, his family did. And so they boarded the boat with him. But God shut them in and, and they all lived. Yeah. 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 That's interesting, too. I just thought that was really yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that was maybe one of my questions, but we've had a lot of comments this week mm-hmm. from, from you guys, from people that um, maybe were in person on Sunday. Um, and they all seem to kind of fit into two categories. All right. So the first category was maybe Christianity in the context of world religions, right? You talked about Christianity in the context mm-hmm. of world religions this week. Um, and you hit on a couple ideas, um, maybe about religious pluralism, right? Pluralism is the idea that um, two religions can exist at one time and both be right, right? Both have and in some context, that is the case, right? Obviously not in ours, um, but like say... Shintoism in Japan and Buddhism in Japan. They, they kind of are allowed to play off of each other mm-hmm. um, because they both have a lot of the same ideas like reincarnation and trying to reach something like nirvana, right? Um, but that doesn't exist with us. Can you talk about that? that that's well, something you spoke uh, to on Like Sunday. I said in the message, I, I, I wish that somehow uh, you know all religions led to God. It'd be wonderful if that's true. Uh, but if you really look at them at the fundamentals of each belief system, as we saw in the message, and I looked at the four main ones of Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Judaism, and Islam. If you look at the four, uh, they have one common trait they all share, and that is self-effort to get to whatever eternity looks like. Uh, but at the same time, uh, all the very fundamentals of it have nothing in common. Like one, Islam, obviously, you obey the Quran, you obey the other four holy pillars of faith. For a Jewish persons, obeying the Old Testament law, and the Quran and the Old Testament law have nothing in common. Uh, you know, if you're a Hindu, you're in reincarnation. If you're a Buddhist, you're in denial to get a nirvana and, and absorption of your soul into the, all reality. So, um I mean, if you really look at them, it'd be wonderful if they were compatible, but truth be known, it's impossible. Right. And then Christianity's in its own dimension because there's no effort there. As I said a few minutes ago, Jesus came and died on the cross, and so there's no effort. It's us actually just responding by faith. And uh, so, so, and then, you know, even beyond that, we talked about each of the religions are future oriented. In Islam, you obey the teachings and tenets, hoping you get in. But, but in Christianity, the moment you believe at that moment, Jesus said, you have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a couple of things I kind of hear you talking sure. about. And, and one of them is that kind of heartbreak for people that are, are pursuing those other kind of spiritual ends, sure. right? Um, and I think that's important. I think it's really easy to go in all kinds of things that we disagree on. I like chocolate ice cream. You like vanilla ice cream. We are just wrong, and that doesn't matter. But... You know, I don't want to become the Knights Templar, right, and become attacking people with Christianity. Yeah. But I also want to be heartbroken for people that don't know the Jesus that I know. Well, and I think the thing you have to always ask yourself is what I believe from God or is it a culture? 
I mean, you know, I'm raised in this culture and I'm taught uh, this is truth, but is this real truth or is this just something a culture's teaching? Um, and so I think for any person coming in any religious system of belief as a child and teenager, ask yourself that question and, and have a valid comparison between mm-hmm. and see what what appears to be God and what is just more man trying to earn or get to God. Yeah. And years ago, gosh, 30 years ago, I looked at that and I looked at all these religions. They were all, you know, people trying to get to God. And and Christmas is when God came to us like, okay, there's no one else who teaches anything like that. So, But they're looking for that. I think that's what you just said. They're looking for God. And that's, you know, something I I remember reading in C.S. Lewis. I think it was Mere Christianity. He talks about the God-sized hole or the God-shaped hole, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the the need we know intrinsically because we are all each made of God no matter what we're believing we know there's something there and we believe we found it we believe it's Jehovah it's Yahweh and we believe that the other people that are searching for that are, have just not found Yahweh yet right well I mean everybody's looking for something there's no doubt about that and and everybody essentially you know in the world I mean people try to find it in pleasure possessions and power um, and that's kind of the resounding trinity of what everybody you know tries and and you know if that's so good why are people so miserable who could supposedly have money have power and have you know pleasure right you know and so i think inside of us there is a yearning because as we said in the message we're all made in the image and likeness of god because of that we were designed to have a relationship with him unlike anyone else or any other part of creation and so we we yearn for what we were made for right yeah well and if we're not look you know peace or power if we're not finding that peace in god we're going to look for other places to find that peace. and i would say one thing i think i want to really harp on is the fact it's not in god it's in jesus and i so i don't mean to sound whatever but God kind of becomes this overarching term. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus really narrows the the point, and yeah. so I I think we we find it in Jesus because He is all God and all man, and He connects with us like no one else can. And tempted just like we are, He understands our agony, and so it's amazing to me that He does that, and yet He's fully divine. That's that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is amazing, yeah. and that is a. I don't want to say rabbit hole because that sounds you know like it's futile, but it is something that you can spend so much time sure. trying to dive into. Sure, what does sure. this mean? Um, okay, so that that was a couple things we talked about in Christianity. I, I do want to hit one more thing. I think we talked a little bit about it. You said um, that almost every other religion that we can find, in each of those, they're works-based, right? And Christianity is not, right? And I agree with you, but I just want to talk about that because – we know that Jesus isn't going to not deny us because of our works if we have accepted his forgiveness. But James talks about the importance of works, right? James talks about the importance of doing good things and doing the things that Jesus, you know, lines out for us in the Old and New Testament. So how do those fit hand in hand? Well, other religions, basically, you do works or achievements or accomplishments to get in. And in Christianity, because you're in you do works and and a, and a, you do you do things because you belong to him. Yeah. It's more of a celebration. Where the other part is like something you're trying to achieve. If I do these things, maybe God will accept me. Christianity is I do these things because God has fully accepted me and fully forgiven me and fully loves me. So because that, I want to I want people to experience Him, and they do that by me serving them, loving them, praying for them, yeah. things like that. I feel like it's tempting, though, and maybe I've seen people do it where they they try and make those things requisite from that same direction. You know, oh well, if you haven't 
done those things, then God hasn't accepted you. You know. Well, I always liken it to marriage. I mean, uh, with my wife, I don't have to prove anything to her, but because I am married to her, uh, I like to tell people that I'm married to her. I like serving her. I like helping her because we are married. Yeah. It, it doesn't move me any higher in credibility. It, it is just because we have a relationship. Yeah. Again, I just think that's how we're designed to be. I get that. You know. I see in my marriage with, with you know I, I love Abby and I or I see Abby loving me mm-hmm. and I feel that that kind of prompts me to love her back. Sure, you know, there's sure. almost this these bits of debt and we never consider it like debt. You know, you never say like, oh, I wash the dishes, so you have to wash the laundry. You know, um, but it feels like oh, she's done this thing, and so I want to pay her back, and it just kind of perpetuates itself and i see that reflected right, right. you know with the works that i do with the lord you know he's i see him loving me and so i want to love him back right, by doing right. those things right okay so second category of questions that we got are questions comments mm-hmm. things that people noticed um, had to do with eternal life mm-hmm. right the eternity uh, of our life in christendom or maybe outside of it too um and let's just hit this part first it begins at the moment that i believe yeah somebody brought that up yeah, well, that was something that people were a little confused about because some people said they'd never really thought about it before. For them, eternal life was when you die. And Jesus clearly said, the moment you believe, uh, at that very moment, you've crossed over from death to life. Mm-hmm. And so we understand that because it, that takes place. But the moment we believe, the Spirit of God comes to reside in us. And that's, as Paul writes in Ephesians, as we saw Sunday, it is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, the ultimate down payment. Yeah. And like we saw in the message, so Noah and his family went into the boat, and that's like the most important statement in the in the storyline, and it says, and God sealed them in, okay? Ephesians chapter 1 says that the Spirit of God is the deposit, is the seal guaranteeing our inheritance. So our part is to believe. And then the moment that happens, God seals us in to belong to Him, not for the duration of a flood, but forever, with the ark, the moment they walked in, God sealed them in. And the only reason the boat floated was because God sealed them in. It was not Noah was some master builder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the ark survived because God did it. And we live eternally because God did it. And that's what I try to get people to understand. Right. Well, and we were talking earlier, the, the I can't, probably can't even say the church word for that, but the, the theo word, the theology word is right. justification. Right. 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 Justification is the moment that Jesus sets you apart. He justifies you. And from that moment on, he is going to look at you in eternity future, whenever it happens on that day, right, that they talk about in Revelations, and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Right. right. Sanctification is the other side. And that's all the stuff that happens after that. Sanctification, sanctus, like holiness. That's the Hebrew word for holiness. It's being made holy. Right. And so all the stuff we do, probably those those works that James would talk about, that's the... Being made holy and being made more it's like just God. life. I mean, I just say yeah. to you, I mean, you believe you're justified. Sanctification is just life. It's life between the moment you believe and the moment you're glorified to be with God. It's just life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can use all the fancy terms, but it's right. just life. And and uh, you know, and then one day we get eternal life with God, where we're what you know. We're with him. I mean, that's glorification, and yeah. that's eternal life. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love that. I just think the only important thing that we take from that is that there's not an amount of that life, you know, some set amount of that living and growing through God that we have to do before He's going to say, 
Well done, my good and faithful servant. I mean, the thief on the cross believed, died, and he got a welcome in heaven just like anyone else will. Isn't that beautiful that we have that part of the story? Mm -hmm. That's a really small detail that's become really important. And, uh, I mean, that's... that's, but, But, again, if your relationship with God is based on works, then you would get a tally when you show up. If your relationship with God is based on grace, then you show up and he welcomes you. Now... There's the rewards part. That's a whole different matter. But just the welcome part we're talking about is the same for everyone. Okay, so I had a question from the sermon that was maybe just a wording question. I don't know if this is a Hebrew thing or not. But um, you were talking in First Peter, Paul talks about um, pursuing holiness. Oh, second and, Peter. Second Peter. Okay, pursuing holiness and godliness. I don't remember the scripture, yeah. but I'll put it on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Second Peter chapter three, verse eleven. Yeah, he talks about pursuing those, and 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 basically, in the simplest terms, they're defined as impacting people and loving God. I mean, that's pretty much what they're. But the first one refers to literally living a life in such a way it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I mean, it's kind of like a living testimony where. The moment you were to die, someone would say, you know, his life spoke for itself. We don't really have to brag on him or we everybody knows Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. You know, when Billy died, there wasn't anybody to say, oh, he was quite everybody said his life spoke for itself. That's what Peter's talking and about. And holiness. And, and, yeah, with, and then the godliness part is is relationship to God. And uh in the message I took a different angle with it to help everyone grasp my godliness is not contingent on me. My godliness is contingent on the Spirit of God who lives in me. So it's really not up to me. It's up to me just to follow. But the leadership component, or the, maybe the, you know, the, the one really, the catalyst to making it happen, is God's Spirit who lives in me by faith. So if I'm discouraged, I'm not any less godly because God's Spirit's going to provide a way back. If I'm dallying in sin a little bit, I'm not any less godly because I know he who lives in me is going to help me to understand, look, you won't persevere in that because you belong to me and guide me back. So it's, it's that it's that following part, that discipleship part. That's the godly part. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's that's important. I kind of wondered why Paul made those distinctions. But right. that's, that's, yeah. that's an important reason. Sure. Okay, so that actually really leads well into the last couple of questions we got. I'm going to merge these together because they're very similar. Okay. Was maybe not questions, but just realizations people made that are really good reminders for us that you know the purpose of salvation is not to escape hell or to get us to heaven, right? It's to have that presence of the Holy Spirit and to become that disciple of Jesus. Sure. Um, to live now. I mean, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the fullest or have it abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he didn't just come that we, you know, I mean, if it was all about heaven, the moment we believe, we'd be gone. But the moment we believe, his spirit lives in us so that right now in this lifetime, we live as a disciple, as a follower. We live in relationship, you know, with Christ Himself, and that is what we said a moment ago. That's just living. That's that living part. This prepping us for heaven when we physically will live instead of God with us, us with God. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I kind of tend to believe that that's not going to stop. You know, once I die, I'm going to continue to want to pursue God further and learn more about Him. Become oh, more I, like him. I mean, we'll be in His presence, so I. You know, yeah, I, right. I just you know, what can we yeah. know? But I mean, I just think of when I think of His presence, I think of the the transfiguration when Jesus just showed His glory, and Peter, James, and John had no idea what to do but fall on their faces. And I'm thinking, okay, if that happened on Earth, 
when you step into the grandeur of heaven and Jesus, yeah, I just got to think, you just fall on your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anything else, I don't have a clue. But I know one thing. <laughs> I would imagine based on what James, Peter, and John did, you just... You're face first for a while. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with you at all on that. But, all right, I want to ask, like I do every week, you've given this sermon four times. Anything you thought I want to add when you got to lunch on Sunday? Anything you thought you wish you could have added? Well, I don't know if I added. I think this is a part I really took away because I only had so much time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, But it's just the idea of, of making sure that all of us, in whatever it is we believe, whether we're you know, denominationally, new in our faith, what, whatever our thing is, ask ourselves a question, okay, is this really true? And how does this stack up with what everyone else around the world believes? Um, because I think sometimes we believe something and swear it's true, and you're like, why? Well, it's how I was raised. That's very dangerous mm-hmm. to say, okay, it's like at the end of the message, I said, you know, so if you're here and you don't believe in the Bible, and you might say your whole message exists because of the Bible, I would say, well, no, because we can go to creation, and there we can see not reincarnation, not obedience, uh, not absorption into the reality. But you do every day see death, burial, and resurrection. You put a seed in the ground, it's got its own clock, and at a certain time it comes to life, and it comes, you know, and it rises in a sense from the dead. Mm-hmm. And like, there you go. Nature screams a story. Of Jesus. It does not scream the story of anyone else. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Okay, so I want to add a new tradition right okay. to our, our um, I want to do something new, and it's the, the kind of practical application. What do we do with this? And what am I going to do differently this week after knowing what I know, hearing you talk, hearing mm-hmm. your, your sermon on Sunday? And I take from that a sense of urgency, you know, that the this spiritual world is not fiction and i shouldn't treat it like fiction mm-hmm. uh, i shouldn't you know relegate my mind to what i believe over here and then what i believe in real every day there is a real spiritual world and there are real consequences in that that god has set up in his perfect justice and love right and the my friends that don't get that that don't believe that they're going to have those same spiritual consequences and while i like i said earlier i don't want to you know start a, a new a new Christian war, you know, mm-hmm. a new sure, Spanish sure. Inquisition. But I really want to have my heart broken for those people. Hmm. Yeah, what I do would, you think? I, I would just say that, you know, I, I talk to people all the time, and they spend a ton of time investing or in, investigating their investments. They spend a ton of time learning how to do their job better or how to fix a car or how to do the yard. I think my question would be, do you take that same amount of time to ask yourself the question, and what I believe, whatever that might be, uh, why do I believe it, and what do I think will happen, or what's supposed to happen based on my belief in it? Mm. Um, so, if you're uh, convinced that you know church and God is wrong, and Jesus and all this other stuff, why? Why are you so convinced? And and if you stick to whatever it is you claim to believe, what does that mean is going to happen when it's all said and done? Um, because I I just think we're so reflective on everything in life except the thing of eternal significance. We just don't pay it much attention anymore. And that was the reason for the message Sunday was to say, it's time to stop and ask yourself the question, what do you really believe? Why do you believe it? And based on your belief in that, what will happen one day when you die? Just something to think about. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's important. Well, 
I hope you guys have been challenged this week. I hope you guys have learned something new or had your questions answered if you asked them. If you had something else, leave it in the comment section. Send it to us in any of the contact information below. Leave us a comment, if, even if you didn't. Leave us a like. I don't know. Stop, interact with this video in some way uh, for me, please. And um, I am so excited to continue on with our new season of the Family Room Conversations. I'm excited to be challenged. I'm excited to to learn something new every week, and I hope you are too. Gary, will you, will you pray us yeah. out? Father, thank you for our time. Thank you, Lord, for all the things you've done. And God, help us not to see them in a trivial fashion, but to uh, to dive into them deeper and, and explore them and discover more and more of how much you do love us. And Father, that we would celebrate the fact that it happened because your son, Jesus Christ, came uh, not as just a guy, but as a fully divine Son of God to do what He did. And Father, we thank You uh, for that amazing love and look forward to spending eternity celebrating Your goodness. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good week. Take care. <laughs>